Welcome to the Butts of the Seats podcast, episode number 75. Why does it feel like it takes zero time to get from like 60 to 70, but 70 to 75 has felt like such a slog? We don't really have a way to like track this, but I'm wondering, did we watch a bunch of those in sequence and then maybe take a lot longer on these? I'm Nick alongside Emily. Hello. Emily, what is it that we do here? Well, Nick, you are going to correct me anyway, because you always have a different way of saying this. We take a week-by-week look at the impending doom, slow but inevitable downfall, whatever verbiage Nick decides to stick in here later, of WCW in the late 90s and now 2000. It's now we uh, we take a look at the week-by-week downfall, because we do this every other week, pretty much. It, it, six dozen of one, or... Six dozen of one. <laughs> yes, that's how six, the saying goes. Six of one, half dozen the other. It's all the same. Today we'll be talking about the January third, two thousand Nitro. Oh God, that just—it like doesn't not, work. No, yeah. there's like not enough syllables. I need to do a different 2000. cadence. Two thousand. Yeah. Everybody in the arena tonight is thrilled that their banks didn't crash with the Y two K panic. I did doing well. It is like my fourth note here. I'm like, give Emily time to talk about Y two K. I don't know. know a lot about it. I just know that it was a thing. I know everybody was panicking. It was something to do with like all the clocks, and they didn't know if they switch over and then like all the technology in the bank sort of failed and all their money would disappear. Well, I don't know. I could be like pulling that out of my ass. I have no idea what Y2K was. Okay, not really the clock. They, were, they weren't worried about the clocks per se. Well, there was a whole conspiracy of like digital clocks going from 9-9 to 0-0. The computers would like glitch out and not know how to go from 9-9 to 0-0. But again, that's not really clocks. I'm, I'm thinking like the bottom of a computer screen where it has like the time and the, the calendars, date. Not. the calendars, the calendars. Yeah. For what it's worth, that was a re- very real issue. People just worked to make sure it wouldn't be an issue. At yeah, but the whole thing was like, oh, if this is glitching, then it might fuck up the banks, and then yeah. the banks are gonna crash and whatever. Well, I don't know if you realize that's what they're oh. doing in Office Space. Oh, really? Yeah. That's a Y2K movie. Yeah, he's literally doing me, you know, menial work. Just like, all right, let's. Like, I just change all, all these, like, data points, more or less, and that's oh, it. I did not put that together. So, this might be a shorter episode. It might not be. It doesn't help that the last episode we did was WrestleMania 39, and I said, this might be a shorter episode, and it was. By, Nick, like, let's not kid minutes. ourselves. We tend to get on tangents, and I'm sure we'll find something to tangent about and fill probably two hours of recording. Yes, the reason this might be shorter, this is the first two-hour Nitro in quite some time. Has it ever been, or did it like? It's it's so it started as a one hour show and then two hours and three hours. So it went to three hours just to combat Raw. It really was a dick yeah, contest, I mean, wasn't it? It went to three hours to try to box out Raw. That was working for a while, and mm. uh, so I got that going. And then it wasn't working as much. Yeah. This Nitro is live from Greenville, South Carolina. Ratings wise, and this is important to note, it did a three point three up from last week, but like pretty steady with what's been happening okay they need to do a four something i will they ever again have you looked forward into the future i don't think they will the point being because they dropped the third hour for like ad sales they needed to make that up and they're like well football season's over so we'll totally no yeah that's not how that works they did a 3.3. Raw did a 6.4. Did they really think there was a crossover between WCW fans and football fans? Dude, Is rating, there a crossover? Ratings were usually down historically during the football months. I just it, don't think of football watchers as wrestling watchers. It doesn't help that at least for WWE, that's kind of the time where they start phoning it in. Because they're like, yeah. okay, we're like building towards Royal Rumble and WrestleMania, so we don't have anything too massive happen. Fair. But... It did a 3.3, which is up, holding pretty steady, but I'm wondering how much of it is up because people aren't leaving during the third hour to go watch Raw. Probably a good amount. I mean, wrestling fans will watch wrestling. Yeah, I'm not surprised by that. And you say that as an example because after all your complaining, you still watched the Raw after WrestleMania. I still did. And, and I Smackdown. watched the SmackDown and I thought about watching Raw last night, but I was like, Meh. Yeah, I'm like, don't. Don't do it here. I want to watch The Last of Us. <laughs> yeah, get ready for uh, we do a Patreon just for that, just to fucking talk about it. Let's again. talk about The Last of Us, guys. <laughs> well, Emily, would you rather get bit by an infected or watch this Nitro again? Oh. 
And that really says everything you need to know right there. The problem is I just like kept. So I got really frustrated with myself during this viewing because I kept losing interest and zoning out. I was trying so hard to stay focused on what was happening on TV, but I kept catching myself thinking about other things. So I got frustrated. I'm like, are you even liking this? Like, are we watching this for no reason? Like, this is, are we just going to have to watch it again? There were multiple times where I like noted something verbally and you just like looked over and you're just on the phone. I was trying so hard. I know I was. And it's a shorter episode. I know, but it did not feel shorter. It felt just as long as the three hour episodes. Well, the show started with a bad omen of, they do a recap package of last week's Nitro but there is no production value in this. It did feel weird. There's didn't no it? music. There was no like overlay graphic. It was no. just like chopped up clips. It felt with really no wrong. fanfare. Yeah. Yeah, and it was long. It was it, no, I said wrong, but both. Oh. Yeah, it just felt off. Yeah, it just starts with Scott Snyder saying, "Yeah, I have to retire," and it's like, if it wasn't Peacock, I'd be like, "Are we in the wrong broadcast?" Honestly, I did think that for a second. Like, are we watching the last week's episode or? Yeah, yeah it was strange. So then we see a jet landing. I'm like, oh, it's landing in Greenville. Where are they? I'm like, oh, they're in Greenville. Okay. Some local <laughs> airport. Yeah, tiny ass airport. Who cares? Tony Schiavone says on commentary, there's going to be a new commissioner tonight. You were convinced this was going to be Eric Bischoff. I really did. I thought this was the return of Eric Bischoff. I know he's back at a certain point. I just don't know if he's back before That's the thing. Then. I know he comes back. So I just, I thought this would have been a perfect time for them to be like, oh, they need a new commissioner to keep the NWO in line. Swerve, it's Eric Bischoff, and we're doing NWO part two, three. What is it now? Well, I'm remembering back before Russo, they were like, oh, there's going to be like a new president or commissioner or something. And they was like very clearly going to be Eric Bischoff, and then nothing happened with him. Yeah, but they turned Eric Bischoff into the like... You know, gray-haired, polo-wearing, jeans-wearing dad backstage. Yes, but I, I remember they're in Vegas. I don't know why I remember this, mm. but Mike Tenay, like interviews him getting out of the car being like, hey, are you the commissioner? Like, I don't know. And then they, they never followed up. Yeah, he just kind of fell off. He just stopped showing up to TV. I think it's really what it was. That too. So then we get the Nitro opening. Short version of what commentary says. There's going to be a bunch of tag team matches tonight. Mm-hmm. So that whole, um, what was that called? The lottery? Lethal lottery the tournament. The lethal lottery tournament. That's coming to an end tonight. So we did like the first round last week, but now we're doing rounds two and three and the finals tonight. So there's five or seven matches. I don't really. All for that tournament. But there's yeah. also other matches. Yes. But the so <laughs> when you say it like that, you'd think that this was just chock full of wrestling. This episode was just back-to-back wrestling matches. I swear to you, there was a total of about 30 seconds of actual wrestling in this show. I think there's one match in this that I could actually say is a match. Yeah? I'm forgetting it. But <laughs> we'll come up on it. I eventually. feel like when I was watching it, I'm like, this is legally a match. <laughs> Can't think of it at this moment, but it's there. <laughs> We're in the craft singles of matches where you legally <laughs> cannot call them matches. It's, it's American wrestling product. <laughs> And this is how we fill the extra time. With cheese-related jokes. Yeah. <laughs> so before we go to our first match, I just want to note, it is Tony Schiavone, Bobby Bobby Heenan, and Mike Tanay on commentary. Cause... I really didn't make much note of them tonight. They were kind of just like, except for when, um, spoiler, when Stevie Ray gets on commentary later. Yeah. But other than that, like, yeah, yeah well, they did really not- nothing for me. Admittedly, we did watch Thunder after this because we we're did. like, oh, we'll just throw it on, you know. It, it felt weirdly watching two hours of uh, Nitro. Got to watch some more wrestling. We can talk about that later on too. Yes, but y- you were not subjected to having Juventud uh, Ho- Guerrero on commentary for that show because oh, he he'd been doing it recently and just doing like Thank s- God pseudo shoot comments the entire night, Ugh. but not in a fun way. He just doesn't know what he's doing. He doesn't know what he wants to be. Speaking of people who they don't know what they want to be. Or I guess the office very much knows what they want him to be, and he just isn't. <laughs> it's Buzzkill and Mike Rotunda versus the Harris Boys in a Lethal Lottery tournament match. See, as a sibling, you can probably relate to this too, in a way. This can't help with like the, oh, your sibling is better than you sort of vibe. Like You're always going to be comparing yourself to your brother or your sister. This is literally him being compared yeah. and literally being worse. That sucks. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what they expect. Hey, you know your brother has has a gimmick? Do that same gimmick and make it your own because you're a hippie. But he kind of 
drop the hippie thing, sorta. But also not really. I don't know. He's like four characters in one. Yeah. I do. I think his um, introduction is my favorite now, though. Why? Because we fuck with it. Okay. So he comes out. So Buzzkill comes out to a theme that sounds exactly like the road dog. Yeah. And it goes, dun, 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 dun. and we go, oh, were you unaware? <laughs> you may need to inform someone via cell phone. <laughs> it's funny. It makes me laugh. And that's the only thing I get out of Buzzkill. And uh, Emily, what did you make at the Varsity Club's entrance? I didn't. <laughs> I didn't even see them come down. Oh, well, um, no, I, I guess I more meant their prop. The do-rag? The trampoline, Emily. Oh, I'm thinking the Harris Boys. No, the Varsity Club. Varsity Club. Yes. They, they bring out a trampoline, which they also make Leia Meow like, carry out. No, so this is what's bizarre. Is So the men of the Varsity Club carry the trampoline to the top of the ramp, and they put it's it like down a, at the top of the like ramp. It's like a three-by-three trampoline. It's a tiny one. Yeah. So they drop it at the top of the ramp. Leia Meow comes out being all cute and peppy, whatever. She walks down the ramp like she usually does to like be a little cheerleader. The men of the Varsity Club then like basically snap at her and say, you got to come pick this up. So she goes all the way back up the ramp, grabs her own trampoline and follows the men back down the ramp, sets up her trampoline and then just bounces on it for the entirety of the match. It felt really degrading. Like it's it's nasty as it is because it's just commentary you know, did not help. <laughs> No, because it's just sexual. And, like, that's what Leia Meow's character is. She's very cute. She does it very well. But it just felt really degrading. Especially from Sullivan. Like, I can't call him anything but Sullivan, my son. But especially from him. It just felt dirty. But not in a, like, sexy way. In a, like, I I own you kind of way. I don't know if it makes it better or worse. But you noted that when she was jumping, (laughs) nothing moved. Whoever did her boob job did a spectacular job. Counter is like, oh yeah, look at that. I'm look like, at that bounce. What bounce? <laughs> Nothing is moving. There's about as much movement there as a Kevin Nash versus Sid match. Oh god, you're right. And then Bike Rotunda cuts the the promo of the night. Rotundo, you did it again. I don't know which one it is. It's Rotundo. I'm calling him Rotunda. No. <laughs> do you ever do, do you ever his big opening line? No. What's up, losers? Oh, yeah. Did not put a single ounce of effort into his heel promo for this. Yeah, I guess. You guys are lame. We don't either, like yeah, South Carolina. Or near Clemson, and he went to Syracuse, and I think they beat him or something. And I don't care. <laughs> 23 years later. Yes. I also got a kick out of the Harris Boys song starting up with, with, with a motorcycle, which is them going, hey, we were DOA, remember? And that's pretty much it. Yeah, I didn't remember any of that, so lost on me. On commentary, Sullivan tries to give a half-assed explanation for why Rick Steiner's not here this week. <laughs> I sent him away to do, like, training or some shit. I don't do know. something. But I guess no one told Scott Steiner that. That's yeah. for later on, though. Nothing happens in this match. Then standards and practices come out. They they remove Leia Meow after Miss Hancock sh- just, like, shoves her down onto the trampoline. Yeah. Oh, they have officially said her name now. She is officially Miss Hancock now. Yeah. I and- swear... I swear Tony Schiavone called her Ms. Handcock. I swear there was a D in there. And I would not be surprised if that is actually what he said. So Lenny Lodi and Hall of Famer Stacey Keebler take <laughs> Lamia Meow away. The Varsity Club attack them and, you know, brawl up the ramp. Harris Boys pin Buzzkill and uh, that's the match. Although Varsity Club come back, attack Buzzkill, and then start attacking the Harris Boys, get fought off, and then just leave. Yeah, what? I don't know. Couldn't tell you. There was a shout out to the Taskmaster on commentary. I can't remember what the exact line was, but there was a shout out to Taskmaster from like Mike tonight. We still have like a year to go until those episodes, but now I, the more I'm thinking about it, like, is she going to pick a Dungeon and Doom pay-per-view? Maybe. Probably yeah. not. <laughs> we'll see. I'm going to find like the hokiest pay-per-view for us to talk about. I kind of want to do WrestleMania 9 right now. At this time, that's my top contender. Okay. After the match, we get commentary formally checking in. They talk about Sid's condition, but the short version is, oh, yeah, he's fine. He's a match <laughs> the man, later. The man got run over. And he's chill. By a monster drunk. He's fine. Speaking of that, apparently when they had Brett run over the car with a monster truck, they felt the need to tell Brett, oh, yeah, by the way, Sid's not actually in there. It's like, yeah, no shit. I would hope not. <laughs> I mean, maybe they do need to specify that because wrestling is known to do some really stupid shit. Yeah. The limo from earlier is on its way from the airport to the arena. You get the NWO backstage chatting about who the commissioner is going to be and then wondering where Brett is. And 
it immediately cuts <laughs> to Brett, and you hear, I think it's Jericho. Oh, there, oh, there it is. is. So they're watching um, security cameras. So it is like potentially viable that the security camera changed to Brett entering the arena or the the parking pad, whatever you want to call that, the loading bat. Loading I thought they were just watching the general monitors and like we're watching the broadcast. I, I It looked kind of like they were watching security cameras. So I'm going to pretend that's what it was. For my own sanity, I'm going to pretend they were watching security cameras to see like when people were showing up, like the commissioner, whatever. And they were like, oh, I wonder where Brett is. And they look up and they see him walking in on the security camera. That's what I would like to believe. But the timing of, oh, there he is, was really funny. He gets attacked by Sid, who's in a neck brace. Just a neck brace. That's all that got injured. He was run over. <laughs> the NWO find Brett post-commercial and then just attack the paramedics. Why? Okay, can you explain that to me? Because why? Anarchy. But why? I did laugh at uh, Kevin Nash hit, hits a chair shot on one of the paramedics, but literally just hits one of the one of the road cases. That road case had it coming. Yeah, it turned its back in the wolf pack. <laughs> That's a heel road case. You might end up in a road case. <laughs> oh, no. Some people are not going to know what a road case is and not find that joke funny at all. <laughs> and just additionally, being in the paramedics just came off super lame, too. They really... Make some questionable choices with the NWO tonight. Yeah. We'll talk about that later. Then get Mean Gene backstage interviewing DDP, who really cannot decide if he wants to be a healer face. Because everything think, he says is heelish, and everything he does is pretty much face I think that his character is heel toward the company, but face towards the sport. He's not playing a character against other characters. I think he is just... DDP is pissed off at WCW and doesn't want to be here anymore, but he loves wrestling. That And so he'll play it up to the audience, and that's what makes him look like a face. But his character, quote-unquote, backstage, is heel. Emily, the first thing he says is, this town fucking sucks. <laughs> it probably does. Have you ever been to Greenboro, South Carolina? No. It probably sucks. Okay, you're going to alienate our Greenboro, South Carolina. <laughs> okay, all one listener. <laughs> Fight me on Twitter. We're going to see the follower count just go down by one. <laughs> down know by what one. happened. <laughs> Gene hypes up Buff versus DDP for the pay-per-view, which DDP was not aware of. Like, oh, I have the match? Cool. I'm going to go home then. I don't want to be here. Which, respect that. The match apparently is no rules, no ref, last man standing. So there's rules. So there is a rule. Yeah. There's at least one rule. I'm concerned about the no ref after last time. But this, you know, but this is a one-on-one match. and so Sold out's going to be a mess. Yeah. And we are just here to watch it happen. I think it's just going to come off like an extended, you know, interview brawl. We're just like, all right, like there's clearly a point where someone's out and like there's a winner. That's like the best I can hope for here. Yeah, we'll see. Speaking of questionable rules, we're just going to pepper this in throughout. On Thunder, they did a they did a match of Jerry Flynn versus The Wall. Like this is a shoot fight rules match, submission or or knockout only. The Wall wins by pitfall. <laughs> But you submit it. I think you walked sure. away. I think you walked away during this, and I was like, "What the fuck is this?" He submitted. What do you mean? He, he got totally pinned. submitted. You just missed it. You blinked. You missed it. So then we get Kurt Hennig walking up to DDP and saying, "Hey, the powers to be like need you in the ring tonight." Just tonight, in general. Which I found interesting because they really didn't mention the powers to be last week. No, that phrase has kind of been like off since the elso fell apart yeah it's been the office it's been you know russo like they're just naming him but now it's the powers to be again dp asks who's in the ring right now it's just nobody but um pg-13 is gonna be there in a minute and he's like and cool dp's like i'll take it and he goes out yeah. to the ring so he's gonna go fight pg-13 i guess instructions unclear you said i need to be in the ring i'll be in the ring right now and i'll win and then i'll leave yeah when we get PG-13 headed to the ring, they also have a Lethal Lottery tournament match. And I'm like, all right, so they're going to face somebody who's not DDP. Yes. At some point here. I did I did laugh and scoff at PG-13 basically going, there's nothing to heal on here because there's no culture. Again, uh, you might be right. <laughs> DDP comes out and gets attacked by PG-13. He hits a TKO style diamond cutter on one and then a super diamond cutter on the other. And he leaves. He just runs through the arena. Yep, and then we get the NWO music hitting because they're PG-13's actual opponents. And in an interesting move, it starts with the Wolfpack song and then goes the NWO theme. 
Nash comes out with some spray paint in his hands that I thought was beer. <laughs> you thought they came out carrying beers. I'm like, oh, are they going to Steve Austin this? I'm like, no, fucking course not. Of course it's spray paint. Nash hits an elbow drop and pins one member of PG-13. And then they tag PG-13 with the spray paint. I don't think I even said who Nash's partner is. It's Scott Steiner, who I am mm. very convinced is not medically clear. I think you're right. Because he's not in his gear even remotely. He's wearing like sweatpants and a mm. big oversized shirt. So like it is, you could like pretend that is gear like not like themed gear but it's not necessarily street clothes in the way that like the rock would come down and jeans and a turtleneck or whatever no but it's not his ring gear yeah we'll we'll we'll, we'll talk about this a little bit more later on because this is not their only match of the night well we didn't see backstage bret hart and jeff jarrett are headed towards the ring with some baseball bats they had a lot of baseball bats tonight yeah everybody had like three Emily, this is the last time we're going to see PG-13, and I know that that breaks your heart. Well, we did see them on Thunder, thank God, because we got that horrible vignette of them as a boy band, and it was amazing. No, that's not PG-13. I thought that was. No, that's that's three count. Oh. The two were facing each other. Oh, I totally misunderstood then. That was three count. That was your boy, Gregory Yeah, I know, and I love him. Yeah. Oh, so PG-13 and that group are different. (laughs) Got it. Sorry. They're both like musical groups. They're both multiples of white men. It's okay. I'm not sad about this being the last time we see PG-13. No shit. I don't love. I don't like a rap gimmick. You don't like a dance gimmick. I don't like a rap gimmick. Back from commercial, we get the NWO coming out to the ring, despite two of them just being in the ring. Yeah. Uh, no Scott Hall again this this week. Yeah, I wonder what's going on. I don't know. Maybe don't know it's better he... not ask too many questions. Yeah. I'll just get sad. But this used to piss this used to piss you off a lot back in the day when people who were just in the ring leave the ring and then come back to the ring. This used to be like a big oh, it's so fucking sore stupid. point for you. It's so fucking stupid. <laughs> I remember having to just like tell you to like fucking chill. Also, we saw Jared and Brett heading towards the ring. We could have just come back from commercial and had them in the ring. We didn't even need to do the entrance. Why not? It's a two-hour show. <laughs> Try to cram all the this shit. The NWO wants to be in their whole splendor and glory as much as they can be. Commentary teases that Ric Flair might be commissioner. He's been a big return in this building before. That was a thought that we had of like who could be the new commissioner. Yeah. I, I I don't think I would have believed it, but it it's on the roster. Bernhardt says he was just jumped in the back and then threatened Sid and calls him a big stupid dummy. Got him. Brett says it's not Sid's time, it's his time. And it's sold out. He's going to prove it on his own. And I, Brett fumbled his words here a little bit because he implied that the NWO... Like, it aren't going to interfere at all. Like, they can have the night off then. But he says tonight. Mm-hmm. Like, NWO can have the rest of the night off tonight. But the promo would indicate he was talking about sold out. Mm, okay, you're right. Neither one of these is going to happen. It so. doesn't really matter. Nothing matters. Jeff Jarrett's up next on the mic. And admittedly, he made me laugh. I don't know about you. He's like, first things first, slappy new year. Got him. Yeah, this like got you. This is the only bit of brightness. Stupid, but I loved it. I think it's the most self-aware Jeff Jarrett's ever been. Maybe, maybe that's it. Jarrett hypes up Triple Threat Theater and says Benoit is in Japan right now, which is true. Oh, they sent Benoit. Rick Steiner was also there. That's the real reason why he's not here this week. Why are they in Japan? They have like a partnership with with New Japan. Oh, Captain Fucking New Japan. (laughs) And the third name, I don't think you would guess, because it was supposed to be Goldberg, and somebody was like, we're so sorry, we can't send him because he's hurt. Oh. Here's Randy Savage. Oh. That's a pretty good Constellation Prize. Not in 2000, but... No, but it's a big name. Yeah. It's still a big name. If you were like, sorry, Goldberg's injured, have Lodi, then I'd be like, fuck you. Basically, you basically just described the whole arrangement with NWO people going over to, to uh, Japan. That makes sense, though. Like, oh, we just said we'd give you NWO people. We didn't specify who. There's been a couple different times of various companies kind of sending people over for other shows. Mm-hmm. WWE actually, like, just did this with uh, Shinsuke Nakamura. Oh, really? That makes sense. Because the Great Muda was doing a whole, a whole retirement tour, and they're like, oh, we'll send them over because they have a whole history. And I think the funniest one of those is the whole, like, talent exchange that WWE would do with ECW. <laughs> And they sent over, like, the fucking dirt worst people to ECW. Yeah, that sounds about right. So, anyway, Jarrett's, you know, talking, saying stuff. 
Nash complains about only having one mic and something that made us both laugh. And says, naming a new commissioner is pointless. What are they going to do? Make some rules that we're just going to break? And I'm like, well, shit. Okay, you raised a good point there. I mean, kind of. Yeah, that's kind of what I figure. Like, that's what the that's what the NWO does. What are they going to do? Like, really put the guidelines or the guardrails up on the NWO? Like, NWO is just going to fuck them. Like, I think they actually do their best to, you know, follow up on that later. Yeah. Scott Steiner says he doesn't feel like crying again this week after giving an, an Academy Award winning performance last oh week. Oh my God. Yeah. He's like, I'm going to come out to the ring and retire again, but I don't want to get all misty eyed. Shut up. Scott calls out the fans for wanting to like him last week. It's just the feel like it's not mutual. Got him. My fans are educated. Edumacated. Steiner says his fans are educated, wear suits, and work on Wall Street. Liar. And, um, Steiner has found... I know he's done it a bit before. I think it's just been a while. But he has found his, his keyword, and that is white trash. Oh, yeah. Everything is white trash. Steiner said Sid found out what Steiner said Sid found out what happens when you're friends with Goldberg and they just generally heal it up and that's it. Cool. I really thought the new commissioner was gonna come out here to like stop Get the it. NWO in line. Yeah, that would have made sense. But, but uh, instead they just talked about matches that are never ever gonna happen. To do our third Lethal Lottery tournament match, it's David Flair and Crowbar with Daphne versus Lash LaRue and Midnight. I did giggle at Lash taking a bump when Midnight appears out of shock. <laughs> Oh, because so the thing is, like, I like Midnight. I really do. I think she has something. She needs her entrance to be more. The entrance needs to be less than just like the lights turned off and lights are back on. Now she's here. There needs to be like pyro of some sort. Fire, lightning. Like, I think even that. Even a musical sting. Have have her do the whole entrance. Like, have her actually pump up the crowd. Yeah, Something. I, I, I like her as a concept. I need her to give me more. Let's talk about David Flair in this match. Do we have to? He has regressed. I don't know what happened. He doesn't know what to do with his arms. He just doesn't know what to do, period. He like froze at the beginning of this match. He just was not moving. Yeah. I don't know what happened. He was my MVP, he was my MVP for like weeks. Yeah. And here he was like barely even phoning it in. Stevie Ray hops on commentary and complains about Midnight not doing anything, which, which was pretty ironic. The irony, Stevie, Steven, if you will. You get in the ring and do absolutely bumfuck nothing. Get your guy in the corner and then tag right out immediately. That's not doing anything. You need to work for your paycheck. Midnight at least actually does some like drop kicks. Actually, to quote uh, a recent Ted Lasso episode. No, I wasn't being ironic. I was being hypocritical. Okay, but yeah. he's never going to say that. Yeah. He's never going to say that he doesn't do anything in the ring. Stevie needs to realize that he is the weak link of his team. Talk about working for your paycheck. Why don't you start working for your paycheck, Stephen Ray? Lash manages to fight off the two men to absolute silence. Mm, yeah, this is not... An, an, no one cared about this. You remember like, this whole show for the most part. Yeah, I didn't notice it through the whole show, but you pointed it out at the end. You're not wrong. Lash falls crowbar onto the ring steps in a rough looking spot. Stevie hops on the apron and actually goads Lash through into tagging in midnight. Like, no, how to wrestle. Come on. And then she did. Yeah. She wrestled. And you wouldn't know anything about that, Stephen. Okay. What we're going to say is going to make a lot more sense as we're saying it than what happens on screen. Let's just start there. You have better notes about this because I have. It was a clusterfuck. So Stevie Ray attacks Midnight, which prompts the ref to go out and just start talking to them, turns his back to the ring. The goons come out to ringside. Yes, the goons, as the, in Disco Inferno and yeah. the goons. And I... Tony Marnero might have been there. We see him later. I don't know. But they're just standing at ringside right now. Booker T then runs out, I guess, past the goons, goes over to Midnight and Stevie Ray, gets slapjacked by Stevie Ray, and the referee is still just like, nope, I'm looking here with you guys. We're in this moment together. (laughs) Lash LaRue is still fighting off both men from the other team. Goes for his finisher, the whiplash. The goons come in, attack Lash for a little while, including an impaler DDT. Then David ends up pinning Lash LaRue. The referee manages to turn around in time for this. It didn't sound that chaotic the way I just, just it. It really didn't. It. You actually said it very well. But Jesus Christ. Imagine everything he just said condensed into less than 30 seconds. But also feels like six minutes. Yeah. It was very quick. The The editing didn't help anything either. Yeah. Because it was just like the camera cuts to the ramp and all of a sudden the goons are there. You don't get any... Like, you don't even get an indicator from the audience that someone came down the ring. Like... 
Yeah. Nobody cared. And they're in a wide shot for a lot of it. So you see the referee just like not looking at things and it comes off so forced. It was super weird. Yeah. But David Flair and Crowbar advance. Woo. Doesn't deserve it, but here we are. This started off as like mostly legally a wrestling match. Most, you're right. I mean, everything is is technically a wrestling match, but the amount of fuckery is like, it rivals when we first started this show with the amount of interference and silliness that would happen in the rings. Backstage, we see Miss Elizabeth and Lex Luger heading towards the ring. Lex is still in the the sting face paint. Why? Why is he still doing this? This is dumb. Also backstage, we see Lash LaRue asking Disco Inferno, like, what are you doing? Why are you helping them, man? Disco's like, "Ah, I'm in trouble. I got to help them. And then they just... Beat down Lash. Yeah. Okay. Sure. I have nothing else to say about that. It happened. That was that was a segment. Lex and Liz come out to Sting's music. Lex is still kind of just doing the whole, yeah, I'm Sting thing on, on the mic. So, oh, he beat me so bad. He beat me so bad that now I am him. Wow, got him. What? I'm going to face this no-name wrestler to make myself feel better. <laughs> he does also do the... Because I'm back in black and it's showtime, folks. And I'm like, okay. So you said that Sting is somewhere currently. Is he injured? In kayfabe, he's injured. I don't know where. I mean, maybe he is in shoot maybe too. Maybe in but... real life. Because we haven't seen him in a couple weeks. I'm just. Well, yeah. I mean, in, in kayfabe, they, they said like he has like a bro- broken face and arm. Oh. How did they break his face? I don't remember. The baseball bat right oh, to his face. Oh, yeah. yeah. That broke his face. Sure. They they like said something. It was like an orbital yeah. bone or something. Or, like cracked skull. Whatever. So, yeah, he's ready for this uh, no-name wrestler to come out. It's Tank Abbott, which I'm sure you did feel was a no-name. I mean, I know Tank Abbott at this point, but I have no feelings about him. I did hear the bell ring to start this match, but this technically counts as a match in the record books, I guess. I guess. Lex begs off for basically all of it. And there is a ref in the ring, so I'm like, okay, something's going to happen here. Liz maces Tank Abbott to very little effect, and the ref calls for the bell for a DQ. Yeah. The end. Jerry Flynn comes out, brawls with Tank Abbott. <laughs> Listen to that pin drop. Oh, my God. Yeah, this crowd could not give less of a shit. Lex and Liz go to leave, but then are spooked by a crow on the stage. The spookiest of crows. Spookiest of burbs. Spooky burb. He was a very good boy, though. Emily, very is good it, crow. Is it a real bird? Yeah. Aha! I got oh, you. No, this doesn't work. <laughs> no, I got you. No, 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 no. Because no. all the birds died in 1986. This is past that. I know it's like in no, wrestling you, time. No, you got No. You admitted a bird you, was real. You don't listen to the actual logic of the birds aren't real. The birds died in 1986 due to Reagan killing them and replacing them with spies. Hey, how about you and I go toe-to-toe on bird loss? See who comes out on top. Crows are absolutely not real. Have you looked at a fucking crow? You can train them to bring you coins. That's not real. <laughs> That's true. You can get a crow to bring you money. <laughs> Why are we no, not doing this? No, you hacked the machine. Why are we not doing this? People have done it. We can do it too. So yeah, this is uh, week number two of Lex and Liz getting spooked by something that Sting has clearly left for them. Except, you know, watch this all just be a swerve. I was scaring myself. Oh, you thought that was Sting? You idiot. Or is Lex Luger in on the conspiracy? Mate, he might be. Backstage, the NWO go to attack the limo that, that has arrived, but security stops them. Why not do that more often? You're asking a lot of questions, Nick. Oh, speaking of security, uh, Tank Abbott has started a low-stakes feud with head of security Doug Dillinger on Thunder. Cool. Don't worry. Here to save the show is Rob Gardner. Okay, I'm glad it's Gardner because I wrote and erased his name about four times. I don't know. I think it's Gardner. (laughs) It doesn't matter. He's someone from the office and I think he's very much actually somebody from the office because he didn't do a bad job on the mic, but he was not interesting. I mean, no, he's not a character, but he he spoke clearly and concisely. He comes out to announce the commissioner. Also notes that the the writers have ironclad contracts. Sure. Which uh, 2012 Big Show has taught me means you can just do whatever the fuck you want. You can't fire me. I have an ironclad contract. Okay. What does the ironclad contract say? Depends on the contract, but it's more or less like if you fire me, you're going to owe me so much damn money. Mm. Like all right now, too, so. Rob Gardner says that Goldberg and Sting can't help them and there's only one man for the job. And you're getting like kind of flare chants throughout this. But he says the commissioner might have to get a little hardcore and announces Terry Funk as the new commissioner of WCW. Which, like, it's cool to see Terry Funk, but why are you here? He is here legitimately because Ric Flair said no. Because <sighs> it was basically, 
hey, you want to come back, get beat up, and do a bunch of jobs the NWO? Rick's like, I'm good. I mean, fair. But why the fuck is Terry Funk doing that? He needs some money. Right? He wants to wrestle a bit. I just feel like he can do that a lot of places. Like, I am excited to see Terry Funk. Don't get me wrong. Like, it's cool. I've heard enough stories about him. I don't know a lot about him as a wrestler, but I've heard enough stories about him as a person. Like, yeah, it's cool to see him on TV. But it feels really beneath him. <laughs> I did laugh my ass off when he came out. Because I was excited to, I was excited to see him, too. But Tony Schiavone, look at the reaction of the fans as we hold on someone not giving a fuck. Nobody cared. The only people that cared were when the camera was going by them, clearly. And it's like, hey, I'm on TV. I'm on camera, yeah. Do you think anybody in the audience really even knows who? Yeah. Do you think? Yeah. Funk grabs the mic, says he took the job because he loves professional wrestling. See, that's what lost me. He said, I love professional wrestling and I love the real sport of wrestling. Like, then why the fuck are you here? Oh, he's like, I want to take care of these writers. Don't believe you. He doesn't like all the fake personalities that the powers to be create. And then, in a note, they hit a bunch. They're like, yeah, the NWO are just Russo's lackeys, more or less. Like, oh, so they're not a big deal. Great, guys. Yeah, no, they're really underselling the NWO at this point. He says he needs help taking out the powers that be. He says he needs an enforcer. Arn There's Anderson. only one man for the job. It's got to be Arn and his dire Arn. Oh, sexy Arn Anderson. Actually, no, we get sexy Arn Anderson on uh, on Thunder. Uh, was that sexy? <laughs> no. I don't think so. Topless Arn Anderson. Mm. And as Arn is coming out, there are massive We Want Flair chants. Because this is when the audience realizes Ric Flair ain't coming back tonight. Yeah. Or if he's going to come back, he's going to come back here. Or Arn's about to announce him. It's one of the other. Yeah. But Arn grabs the mic and is like, Hey, people in the back, fucking listen to that. Yeah, he did kind of note that, which I like that. I like yeah. that of like, listen to the fucking fans. Sometimes they're right. Not always, but sometimes. Arn says he earned the reaction he got coming out by working hard for years, not writing it all out on a pen like 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 Russo and Ferraro do. Arn says that if they want Funk and him gone from the business, you're going to have to drag their dead bodies out. Jesus. NWO then come out to the stage. Brett offers Funk a classy way to go out. It kind of seemed like he was he's like, hey, you can join the NWO. But then the rest of the promo didn't reflect that. Oh, I didn't get that. Brett says it's just a matter of time before the NWO take back over. And Funk says he has all the time in the world. And adds some stipulations to Brett versus Sid at sold out. If the NWO cause a DQ, Brett loses the belt. And there will be a special guest referee, Arn Good. Anderson. Does it matter? <laughs> Does any of this matter? Terry Funk then calls Double J's bluff and books Jeff Jarrett versus Sid for the U.S. title in a powerbomb match later tonight. Earlier, We in the all night, know how well that went over last time. Yeah, earlier in the night, Jarrett had been like, I can kick Sid's ass. Funk's like, go ahead. Prove it. Nash and Steiner are still in the tournament, but Funk blatantly says, I'm going to screw you guys out of this tournament. Cool. Nash then grabs the mic, gets really fired up. He references Tombstone, gets no reaction. I didn't think anyone got it. I didn't get it. What, what do you mean? He references the movie Tombstone. What, the movie? Yeah. What movie? It's like a 93 Western movie starring Kurt Russell and Val Kilmer. I have no fucking clue what you're talking about. It's a pretty good movie, but like, it's still a weird reference to make. Yeah, you can't really be shocked when nobody knows what you're talking about. That's niche as hell. Nash threatens David Flair to get to Arn and then gets really fired up yelling about how they make the rules. And I'm like, oh, I feel like you just lean on the ropes and go, <laughs> whatever. Literally, yeah. And that's the segment. Yeah, Terry Funk's an interesting choice, but I don't hate it. I don't hate it either. It's an unexpected choice, so I'll give him that. Well, we'll see how long it lasts it's because last on Thunder, they made a match for sold out of Nash versus Terry Funk. For the commissionership. We all know how that's going to end. But also, if Terry Funk wins, the NWO disband. Which really was the one where I'm like, oh, we okay. We know how this is going to end. Best we can hope for is like a DQ finish. We're going to get to hear Terry Funk's super sad entrance music that Nick still swears is a great song to come to the ring for. He, he didn't come out to that this time. He didn't. You're right. But <laughs> they actually you know, worry about licensing rights. He can't just come out to Desperado. That's not a good entrance song. For Terry Funk, it is. No, it's not. It's so sad. We're not going to have this argument again. 
it literally always sounds like he's coming to the ring to die. We'll get more of these guys later. Actually, we'll get more of them right now. Backstage, Terry Funk tells security to find David Flair and like tells Arn, like, no, like we're buddies. Your problems are my problems. I'm going to help oh, you out. Very sweet. Then we get Buff Bagwell and Champagne Canyon versus Norman Smiley and Asia. No Mr. Biggs with Canyon coming out. I think we all have figured out that Mr. Biggs was not a good character. Canyon heals on the crowd and buff a little bit by saying he's a horrible actor. But, like, but you are a good wrestler. <laughs> and he's like, hey, because we're partners, here's, my, here's a bottle of champagne. <laughs> For context, Canyon has a line, Greenville ain't Hollywood. And buff in the laziest cheap pop ever. Greenville is Hollywood. But it's not. <laughs> it's legally not. It's <laughs> It literally is not. I think there actually might be a Hollywood North or South Carolina. Is it Hollywood, Florida? There is a Hollywood, Florida. Buff also says that he doesn't like champagne. All right, fuck you. Uh, fucking, what? Who doesn't like champagne? And he's like, I don't think Greenville drinks champagne. Fucking, fucking you, rude. Okay, what? Yeah, I guess don't do brunch in Greenville. Jeez. Or like have celebrations. Yeah. No one's ever been married in Greenville. And then he smashed the bottle on Canyon's head. Fuck you. It was probably a cheap-ass bottle of champagne. Yeah. But still. That's Canyon out for this match. That was truly a champagne problem, wouldn't you say? Norman Smiley comes out in the local mascot costume. I know you've been wanting more fun attire. Did this scratch that itch? It didn't. It didn't. It was lazy. See, he's he's come out as Wildcat Willie. That would be a strong callback. <laughs> you know they have that somewhere. Do they, you think, at this point? It, it's I wonder if it's at like their headquarters in like Atlanta or something. Do you remember how the Wildcat Willie got got run off? No. Scott Steiner attacked him. I don't remember that at yeah. all. Early in the match, Norman does the buff taunt, which I always like people doing that to buff. Credit to him for actually working the match in the costume because that can't he be did, easy yeah. to do for like the feet. Also sweaty. Norman does the big wiggle and tags in Asia. She hits some light offense, but then gets hit with a suplex by Buff. Buff fights off the two until he's low blowed by Asia, and Asia holds Buff up for Norman to hit him with the mascot head. But it's the one thing they didn't want to happen, and Norman clocks Asia with the mascot head, and Buff hits the blockbuster on Norman and wins. Who could have seen it coming? So Buff advances in the tournament. Perry Saturn clears Buff from the ring, and he and Asia are about to come to blows, but are held back by Shane Douglas and Dean Malenko. Then Jim Duggan runs out, tries to beat them all up for some reason. For some reason. I've lost track of that. Dude. Yeah. It's like immediately beat back down. And then Conan and Kidman make the save. Cool. Again, another fucky ending. That's just like so much chaos. And additionally, in matches that aren't going to happen on Thunder, the revolution said, hey, we're, we challenge the filthy animals to a six man tag. Except this time we have the mystery partner. First of all, unless they were challenging Duggan too, and I missed it. You didn't face the filthy animals with, with the mystery partner. You faced Jim Duggan with with mystery partners. Hmm. Two, they won that match. I don't remember. This is this is the the pay per view match where the Varsity Club turned on Duggan. Oh yeah. So what the hell are they complaining about? I have no idea what they're talking about. Three, then. I don't know why that match doesn't happen. There's no ex- explanation as to why. Uh, maybe we'll get it next week or next Thunder, but maybe that's there's a vastly different lineup for sold out. A lot of Billy Kidman though. Oh, that's good. Thank yeah. God. There is hope yet. This was also like bordering on qualifying for a match. This was also close. You're right. But I still think with the fucky chaotic finish, you can't really laud it for its wrestling technician. It's it's wrestling. Yeah, but the I finish itself was only the people in the match. Perry Saturn and them didn't come down until after. That's true. But again, it, it's just it smells like early days at WCW. Yeah. Or but, no, it smells like early days of butts in the seats. Yes. Where the match only exists for the post match. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Backstage, everyone looks for David Flair, and Terry Funk manages to find Daphne, but she is of no help. <laughs> is this where she gets abducted? No. No, okay. We then get another Lethal Lottery tournament match. Scott Steiner and Kevin Nash, who claim to be out looking for David Flair, but they have a match against the Harris Boys. Yay! Aren't both of these groups in with the powers to be? Which is what, what I, I said. Thought. Is what I said when they did the Kevin Nash creative control match. Yeah. That broke me. That's what I thought. And, uh... Scott Steiner just hops on commentary as opposed to being in this match. So this is where you were like, no, I think I'm right. I don't think Scott Steiner is cleared to wrestle. Yeah. I think I, I do I think was, that you're right. I was ready for another finger poke. Oh, God. Don't even speak that into existence. Nothing happens in this match. Nash goes for a baseball bat that Steiner has, but Varsity Club come out to the ring for some reason and attack the Harris boys with steel chairs. Yeah, and they just like, Sullivan just throws his chair at one of the Harris boys. And then like bounces back on him. It was funny. 
Steiner has a line. I don't remember exactly what it was, but he basically like, look what my brother just did. Did you see what my brother did? Which we took at face value to be like, uh, did he think his brother was one of them? Yeah. He might be implying that he had his brother arrange that Varsity Club was going to help. Oh, maybe. I'm giving you the benefit of the doubt because they okay. did come up as a weird line. Because commentary is like, is Rick Steiner working with the NWO? Okay. Okay. So I'll we give it pretend. the benefit of the doubt there that it doesn't deserve. We can throw some writing in that the writers didn't write. So Steiner leaves commentary, tags in, gets the pin on one of the Harris boys. And so Kevin Nash and Scott Steiner are headed to the finals. Woohoo. Very minimal effort there. Yeah, seriously. Like the lowest effort that you could possibly effort. Let's go backstage. Arn Anderson and Terry Funk are trying to reason with Daphne. And uh, she leaves the room and is immediately abducted by Jeff Jarrett. Oh, yeah. Like full on abducted. Like Jesus. Like, like jump scare abduction. Like scary. We then get buff headed back out to the ring. It's been what? Five minutes? I mean, he is the stuff. Which... On Thunder, DDP cut a whole promo about buff stuff and how it's very small and he might be gay. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Canyon comes out behind buff, like maybe to attack him. It's hard to say. Bam Bam Bigelow comes out, attacks Canyon and scoop slams Canyon off the stage through a table. Where his champagne problems are just like ready to wait on him. There was weird audio with this where like there was like no actual in arena sound for him getting slammed no because we didn't know that there was a table down there until they cut to him and him being through the table so once again buff is doing this alone he's facing crowbar and david flair except he's not alone vampiro comes out to the ring for some reason because he's beefing with david flair he's just decided he's part of this match now no one knows what's happening but then it's just like okay he's buff's partner now Oh, yeah, and the ref is like, your partner? Cool. Let's go. Like, Despite the fact that, you rules? know, there's a whole tournament. There's a whole fucking tournament. Vampiro lost. He lost the ability to be in the tournament. He's not in the tournament anymore. What the fuck? You got a diving spin kick from Vampiro, and then David is sitting on the ring steps, so Arn Anderson and Terry Funk come talk to him. It did feel a little weird that, like, everyone's looking for David. Like, oh, here he is. It did. He's kind of like, oh, he showed up for his match. Why did we not think that was going to happen? I love how Arn's only thing to, like, try to get david to like talk to him was just snap out of it like did no one think to say that to david when he started having this manic episode well just snap out of it david's response is also great what is his response it's just the same laugh he's been doing and the only thing he knows yeah, how to do to get, to get this it. character across he's starting to lose it he needs to do something else yeah we, we're like only sitting on this interaction we're, we're the camera's focused on this interaction for most of this match yeah. we do pop back into the match for in time for a superplex and a sit-out powerbomb then vampiro goes over to david i guess to hit him so terry funk punches him buff hits a blockbuster on vampiro for some fucking reason in this match but did it bother you that arn and funk were interfering when someone would try to come fight david even though david is legally in this match Yes, I was more okay with it because he wasn't the legal man. He it wasn't was, the legal man. It was but clearly it, just Vampiro coming to fuck with somebody having a breakdown. So I'm like, you know. But also, Terry Funk's the commissioner. I guess. I don't know. It's just like, if you're going to fuck with someone, fuck with the person who's not actually part of this match. Yeah. So after Buffett's the blockbuster and Vampiro then just leaves, David pins Vampiro. Jesus Christ. And then, oh good, the NWO. It's Scott Steiner, Jeff Jarrett, and Daphne. Scott calls Daphne uglier than David's mom and then asks, who's going to get to her first, us or David? Like, wait, what? It sounds real rapey. Yeah. Not a fan. Really not cool. Didn't love it. Back from commercial, David Flair does a Christian Bale Batman impression, just yelling, where is she? And that's pretty much it. Yeah. But I mean, can you blame him (laughs) with that threat? I don't know, man. And then another thing we're like, yeah, we're supposed to be holding Daphne hostage, but... Jeff Jarrett has a match, so he's going to come out for that. <laughs> it's Jeff Jarrett versus Sid in a U.S. title powerbomb match. And Sid comes out in his gear and the vest and the neck brace. And it's the funniest fucking thing I've seen in a while on this show. <laughs> the neck brace. The fucking neck brace. Because he's not selling the neck during the not entrance at, at all. all. Although, again, if he had done who's the man and then went, ow, I m- might have pissed myself. <laughs> But at least you'd be acknowledging that he actually hurt his neck. No, he's just doing the slap in the hands. He's he's pumped he's to be here. He's coming out like all smiles, all happy. Would it have been better or worse if he had like taken the neck brace off and been like, aha, I've actually been fine the whole time? I don't know. Because then in kayfabe, he n- didn't even hurt his neck by from being run over. No. So I guess in that case, we would have been correct when we said that the, the monster truck did literally nothing. Yeah. It didn't even crunch the car. 
He didn't even call safe light for that. They trade strikes and then sit until Sid gets dumped to the floor. In the front row, there's guys from the power plant here. They were here last week, too. And I don't think anything ever happens with this, by the way. You could have told me that those were the backup dancers for Backstreet Boys. Or for Three Count. Sure. <laughs> and I've been like, oh, wow, cool. They're nothing. They're just generic. You know what they should have done? They should have teamed up Buzzkill and Chuck Palumbo. Why? I'll let you figure that one out on your own. Back inside, Jeff Jarrett hits a, it's a diving crossbody, but Sid powers out of the pin. Big boot, choke slam. We get a ref bump and a power bomb. Refs are such fucking glass. I was convinced they were going to do the same finish of... Uh, it, it seemed like it. It really did. Well, I don't know why Sid didn't just get the ref up and go, no, no, I did it. Because clearly did that's you all see? you have to do. I did. I did. I did it. You see it, mom? I did it. I did it. Bret Hart then comes out, hits Sid with a baseball bat for a DQ. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's fucking it. Yep. They work over Sid with the bats and then tag him with the spray paint. Ugh. Medics come out, also get beat down with baseball bat. Although one of them no-sells the bat shot because they like get up pretty quick. And I'm like, the fuck? I think Jared actually has to like, tell them, like, stay down. Stay down. I hit you. Yeah, because they, they spray the medics again. So, What does Jeff Jarrett have against first responders? Because what the fuck? Why is he so mad at these EMTs tonight? Oh, God, don't let him loose during, during, during the pandemic. Oh, no. He was not out on his balcony clapping for them at 6 p.m. every day. <laughs> Forgot that was a thing. That was a thing. <laughs> pandemic the, was fucking wild the, they're all they're all walking out just jeff Jarrett comes out with a guitar that's for you slappy oh my god and, and you can get the vaccine early if you subscribe to global force gold jesus christ i don't even know how familiar you are you are with global force i'm gold. really not because you made that same joke when um the baltimore arena was renamed to cfg i'll have to i'll have to uh let you do your own research on that because oh no as someone who already doesn't like jeff Jarrett. You're going to like him less. He just keeps appearing in places when I don't want him. I.e. the AEW show we went to. <laughs> I will never forgive him for that. God. Can, do you remember that? Yeah. Do you remember that fucking moment? Yeah. I will never forgive Jeff Jarrett for that. He's still on TV. So, yeah. You excited for uh, Sid versus Brett? Yup. <laughs> That's a shame. <laughs> Backstage, David Flair and Crowbar are still looking for Daphne. And, um... Let's go to our main event. We blew through this. I mean a little bit, but I think the tangents got us to a little more of a reasonable time. We'll see what the edit, final edit fu- comes out to. It's funny because watching this, ep- this episode took years off my life. But talking about it, not that bad. But the main event of tonight is the NWO versus David Flair and Crowbar. David and Crowbar run to the ring and get beat down immediately by Kevin Nash. David has been in the show a lot tonight. There's no referee in the ring? And the commentary kind of notes that Kevin Nash actually notes that at some point. Like He does. Yeah. He's like, where's the ref? Steiner hops on commentary and is swearing a bunch on commentary. Oh, was he? I didn't catch it. I guess they can say shit because he says bullshit and oh. I don't give a shit about you. And he's like, yeah. Like, oh, OK. I think shit is allowed on certain networks after certain hours. Yeah, It seemed strange because sometimes they'll believe so, sometimes they won't. And it seemed weird that he was yeah. just going off. Yeah. And he still loves the phrase white trash. White trash. Oh, he starts jawing with some guy in the audience, too. Yeah. I think that's where it was. Like, I'll beat the shit out of you. And he was like, oh. It Doesn't it, like, surprise you how close the audience can get to the commentary table? Yeah. Like, there's no buffer. Also, no Michael Buffer in this episode. Speaking of buffers. Well, they did lose $10 million last year, so. So no Michael Buffer. <laughs> Nash works David over in the corner and as he loves to keeps the advantage, beats down both men, makes them look like fucking jokes. Arn Anderson comes down in a ref shirt with Terry Funk and some security. Oh, my God. The amount of security that we didn't even talk about this. The amount of security that came out with Terry Funk when he was announced as the commissioner. It's like a small army. And it takes the third cut to them coming down for commentary to finally be like, oh, hey, they're here. So security is here here to like escort Scott Steiner out, I guess. Even though he's legally part of this match. And he's not doing anything that wrong. Arn Anderson gets on the apron and Kevin Nash tells him to suck it. Arn's like, eh, laugh it up, big boy. Go ahead. Nash turns his back. Arn grabs the crowbar. The tire Arn. It's not a tire Arn. I know. Though, so and I'm like count. faking the excitement because I, I want to be excited. He hits Nash with it. Pulls David on top of Nash for the pin. We have new tag team champions. Woo. David Flair and Crowbar. Crowbar. My boy. What the fuck is happening? 
Jeff Jarrett brings out Daphne, kicks David, and then just lets Daphne go. David hits Arn with the crowbar for some what? reason. <laughs> Why are we turning on Arn? The crowbar. Oh, there I like that. Yeah, but he hits Arn for some reason. So Terry Funk checks on Arn Anderson and then gets beat down by the NWO. He tries to fight off Nash and, and Steiner, but Steiner hits a really sad low blow on Terry Funk to stop him. Ugh, yeah. It was better than Spices at Starcade, but not by much. Not by much, and that's saying a lot. Given the skill level, it should have been a lot better. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, yeah. Brett and Jeff Jarrett beat down Arn and then take him to the back. Steiner and Nash are stripping Terry Funk and uh, Nash power bombs him. Arn Anderson is put in the trunk of the car, which we don't even see. We're just told, oh, he's in the trunk. The NWO get in the car for about five minutes because they all have to slowly walk to the backstage and get in the car and chat about it. Then they leave and that's the show. So I need to pitch something to you. Okay. So you know my whole thing with the dungeon and the Legion of Doom. Oh, God. The lore has grown. The dungeon needs to be the dungeon of something, right? So the crow barn is the house that is, lies above the dungeon of doom that houses the Legion of Doom. How does Sting factor into this for ripping off the crow? He is the crow that sits on top of the barn. Okay. I'm building my, now, my now, empire now, here. Now where I does, drew a picture. Where, where, where does the crow that we saw tonight play into this? Does he just watch while Sting's away? Oh, yeah. He's like the backup. He's he's the backup overlord. Yeah. Thoughts on this match, Emily? No. <laughs> I'm busy drawing my crow barn. Thoughts on this show? Really not a fan. Holy so shit, fucking boring. Bad. Yeah. So they're in the Carolinas and it was supposed to end with Ric Flair getting beat down per fucking usual. <sighs> yeah. As, as happens in the Carolinas. So you get why he went, yeah, maybe, you know, I'm not going to come back. Yeah. But yeah, this show... Especially when his son is doing this shit. Yeah, this show fucking sucked. Oh my god, it was so boring. It was so hard to get through. We we both joked that the, our best bit is going to be the third hour for letting us do other things in our life and not having to continue this show. <laughs> and the MVP is the, the friends we made along the way. No, but... Uh, I don't have anything Let's go anything. into best bit, MVP, and worst bit. I have nothing. See, worst bit's actually even harder somehow. I have... None of these. I usually at least have one category filled up before we finish. I have nothing. Okay. So before we actually get into the atrocity that's going to be best bit, worst bit, MVP of this show, we should talk about the last match of Thunder. Yeah. It's pretty much deemed the the match that like really retired Brett. Okay. Yeah. Because we, so like we said, we it's were watching the finishing all glaze. I no pun intended. Ew. <laughs> I was expecting there to be like a moment in this match where it's like, oh yeah, he's done. There's a shot of like Brett being like dumped out of like a trash can. Oh, okay. Because I was like, those trash cans are basically aluminum foil, so I don't think yeah. of them as being like that hard. The, the like like the wheelbarrow trash bin oh, where he gets the dumped cart out, thing. and I guess however he lands, it just gives him like a big welt on his head. And like, even even before that, he's walking around like in in a daze. I guess I didn't notice that, but yeah. once you see it, you don't you don't unsee it. I mean, it's really sad because Thunder had significantly more wrestling than Nitro. So we were actually kind of enjoying it while we were watching it. And like yeah. this match wasn't the worst. No. But I don't think that's how Bret Hart would want to be, you know, well, remembered as his last match. He, you know, he technically has one more. Where? Oh, it's on Nitro. Really? Yeah. But you have to wait till next week to see that. Oh, no. Really? Yeah. I thought you said this is his last match. It's the one that like put him out. It's I'm pretty sure it's a match that's like not really a match. Oh, okay. This is his last sanctioned match. I think yeah, I, I don't know the full deal of this one. We'll have to see next week. At least it's at least just with Terry Funk. Before we do that though, let's uh let's go into best oh bit, my God. worst bit, and MVP. Emily, what's your best bit? Oh god, can we like play the Jeopardy music while we figure out what the fuck our best bit and worst bit are? <laughs> is that bit not played out yet? I don't know, man. <laughs> Emily, what is your best bit? Seeing Terry Funk again. Seeing Terry Funk on TV. I guess it's cool. He's new. He's different. I'm going to give mine to Mean Gene interviewing DDP. Sure. Okay. <laughs> Why not? Slim fucking pickets. But MVP? Arn. I got Terry Funk. <laughs> Worst bit? The abduction. 
Oh, I just had the NWO. Just as that a whole. That too, yeah. The NWO's presence on this show. Fuck what I did me, write man. down before any of this. Best bit, none of it. Worst bit, all of it. MVP, couldn't tell you. This was tough, guys. Yeah, I came to the... I had the realization after watching this, like, oh yeah, they actually fire Vince Russo for other reasons rather than his one stupid idea. Jesus. So is it going to be tough like this forevermore? Or will there be, like, at least a little bit of light eventually? I, I don't know. I oh, don't God. know what's coming... In two weeks, either. Oh, God. Emily, any closing thoughts? <laughs> if this is going to be how it goes for the next few weeks, I don't want to continue. I want to stop. I'm the opposite. I want to just keep keep going through. Because I'm like, all right. <laughs> Two-hour ones, you know. It's like, all right. I, it'd be, it's a shorter a shorter recording file. I can edit them quicker. We can, we can do these even more, Emily. It's going to be great. So great. But until our next episode, you can listen to all of our back catalog on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. Oh, Samsung Podcasts. I always forget that one. So does everybody. And you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Butts in the Pod and Facebook, the Butts in the Seats Podcast. I say you're feeling better or worse the end of this recording and this show than you did for WrestleMania 39. I think worse. Wow. I think worse because I know that there's not going to be sunny days ahead. With I WrestleMania, know you've been having some sunny days, my I knew friend. You were make that joke. With WrestleMania 39, there is at least the like ignorance portion of my brain that's like maybe they'll fix it on Raw. But we'll have to see what happens next week. It sure, surely it can't get any worse, can it? Right. But I'm Nick. I'm Emily. And thanks for listening to the Butts in the Seats podcast. Bye.